Good morning and welcome to another edition of the James Short Podcast, helping you leading and growing your real estate business. Super excited for, to be here this morning. Part of our podcast series is that we've actually had the opportunity to interview business experts, chosen experts that excel in certain areas of business. I'll put my hand up uh, and I'll say front, straight up, front up, that I don't know everything about business. However, I do have an expert team that knows specific areas in business. If you remember the lovely Henry Ford story when he was in front of courts and they cross-examined him about knowing everything about his company, he didn't know everything about his company, but he had experts that could provide the information to share with the uh, with the audience on that specific era. So we've got some wonderful experts that we've chosen, hand-picked, to provide some valuable input, valuable insights, and really how to grow specific areas of your business systemize, scale scale certain areas. So we're building those sustainable businesses. This morning, this morning I am very honored and privileged. We're talking about leadership, leadership within your business and the, the organization that would excel in this would be the military. And this special guest that we have on the line is a dear friend of mine who served that in that space, not just in the front line, but the elite of the elite. So much so, he was actually training the elite, um, where the government spent millions and millions of dollars just on his training alone. So here's a little interview that I did with a good friend of mine. His name is Scott Kinder. Let's hear what he has to say. Now, I've known Scott for for a couple of years now, and every time we meet, I'm mesmerized by the knowledge the the insights and just how he actually has those those lessons from life <laughs> colorful life that is um that he actually portrays in his own world um mesmerized by some of the some of the war stories that actually goes through but i guess also how humor has got him through many different challenges i remember a number of times you're sitting there and and just these Practical jokes that they used to play on another out on and uh, out in um oh, what's the word out when you're doing a in in war in Iraq it's just absolutely phenomenal. So let's uh, let's have a quick look at who actually is Scott. So Scott <clears throat> served in different roles on an operational detachment called the Alpha Team or the A Team, and um, this is quite interesting because he was in the United USA Army Special Forces before transitioning to civil service and helping stand up the newly operationalized Marine Special Operations Command. That's a bit of a mouthful. This service spanned more than a decade of differing command levels of special ops forces. Prior to the military, Scott served as VP operations for a global.com startup, an operations specialist at a Fortune 500 bank, and at a barista at Starbucks. Love it. Love it. More recently, Scott is the author of Ground Truth, um, Enhanced Personal and Organizational Leadership Skills and Accountability Through Lessons Learned from the Elite Military Special Forces. He's also the founder of the Kinder Group, which specializes in operational intelligence, uh, business development, training, leadership, coaching, and strategy. Oh, we love those pictures there, Scott. I know you're going to love that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring Scott on the line and, uh, and welcome him to this morning's call. Scotty, how are you, mate? Welcome to the call. Hey, James. 
Things. I'm well, man. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. Just uh, really appreciate your time, your energy, your insights for this morning uh, for the tribe. In a, in a quick three to five minutes background, Scott, give us more detail around who you are, what you've done, and some further insights about yourself. All right, great. Uh, I think you covered the highlights. Um, so I, I started off as a political science and finance major at university and left university to go work for a what is actually a Fortune 50 bank, not a Fortune 500, but um, I need to change that bio. I uh, went from there, and my older brother had a couple ideas for some internet startups, so I traveled around the globe setting up uh, some dot-com stuff for him and was heavy on the tech side of things and was heavy on the operational side and setting up procedures and offices and just policies, practices, everything for these, these global dot-coms. 9-11 um, kicked off, and as you can imagine, as American traveling around, it, it changed my life. So I found a new program that the U.S. Army had reestablished. Uh, the first time they ran it was in the early 1980s, and those guys were nearing retirement age. So they brought this program called the Special Forces Baby or the 18 X-ray program back. And basically, in essence, if you had the proper life experience and could pass a, a serious battery of tests, et cetera, then you could go straight off the street into Army Infantry Basic Training, Airborne School, and then try out for Special Forces Assessment Selection, which um, normally you had to be at least a sergeant with several years of conventional military time under your belt. Uh, I was lucky enough to be chosen for the program. I made it through the Special Forces Qualification Course and served on a Operational Attachment Alpha, or A-Team, like you said, in 5th Special Forces Group. Uh, with combat deployments to Iraq. Uh, I left there and got recruited and went the federal route and stood up the special activities section of the newly formed MARSOC, um, Marine Special Operations Command, and then ran global operations as a federal level program manager uh, with them with combat operations in Afghanistan and elsewhere. So yeah, so there I am. I left the uh, the government because I was traveling a lot and as a father of two sons I wanted to get to know eventually. Um, decided to start the kinder group and take the lessons learned that I had acquired over a decade plus in the special operations community and apply those to civilian organizations to help them reach that kind of elite status that many of us think we're at, but we're not truly there yet. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Excellent. That's incredible journey so far. Um, so now bringing that with the kinder group and what you're doing now, who are you working with and, and what type of clients are you actually helping at the moment? Uh, a huge chunk of my time at the moment is on a new podcast that some friends of mine have formed um, in the States, and it's international really, but um, it's called Mentors from Military, and we're trying to take the lessons that we learned through transitioning and the problematic you know, issues that we encounter whilst serving um, and help you know, any military member, Australian or U.S. or anybody else, um, really not have to go through those same issues. So we have a series of guests on the show. Um, we have New York Times bestselling author coming on next week. Uh, so, so that takes up quite a bit of time at the moment. I'm also spending a lot of time writing and developing my unique corporate training that, that I have going on. But typically, my, my biggest clients are a commercial travel company, a biotechnology company, and then several small startups and real estate people um, in the U.S. Cool. And so what are you noticing with, obviously, that podcast that you, you, you're doing and also the clients that you're working with? Um, what are some of the trends and the frustrations that you're noticing with these guys? Um, 
I mean, they're multiple, right? So I, I think that you, you know me well enough, James. No, I'm gonna throw out my favorite Einstein quote because it, it makes me seem smarter. But um, <laughs> you know, Einstein said it best when he said, you know, we can't solve problems by using the same paradigm that we used when we created them. So so that's interesting to me because all these companies have problems of their own creation, and yet they try and fix those problems from within. And I'm not trying to make a, uh, a subliminal consultant sales pitch here, but I think that one of the things that, with my unconventional background, as you know through our hundreds of coffee meetings and hours spent together, I tend to look at things a lot differently. So, so I think that one of the biggest frustrations that I see um, simplistically is that they just don't know how to problem solve properly. But more importantly than that, they, they don't know or understand what the word leader means. You know, we're in a, we're in a community now that managing is, is all the rage. And frankly, to me, that's kind of anathema. I don't understand why you'd want to manage someone. You'd want to lead the organization or lead your team or even lead yourself. But managing is something that you would do with your finances or as an operation or something else. Right. So um, I think that a lot of the frustrations is just in, in the way that people aren't uniquely I, you know, suited to solve problems um, on the fly, and, and that's something that I, I think I excel at. So, so I help them solve their problems, and I help them identify new strategies and ways ahead and operations through which that they can achieve that, you know, bigger and better thing of that elite status that they're they're hoping to attain. Fantastic. And and when we're talking about leadership, uh, these problems and frustrations that you've noticed, what happens when when they when they don't get this right? What 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 do you notice within their organization? Oh, it's it's horrible. Um, I'm a blunt guy, so so I tend to, to paint a pretty honest picture on things. Um, you know, I, I don't understand it, and we have all this kind of a booming industry of consultants that say, you know, well, here's, you know, how you can make your, your operations more cost effective. Here's how you can make your units, you know, and your, your departments more efficient. Here's this and here's that. But at the same time, we don't take any measures to actively train and groom leadership. You know, we, we have, you know, MBAs and, and masters of business and, and all this other stuff, but they're not truly understanding how to lead, how to empower those underlings, those subordinates or their team to truly work together and, and achieve those common organizational goals. Yeah, fantastic. And so on the flip side though, when obviously when these leaders in the organizations actually get it right and they actually step into their leadership, what do you notice? What happens and what's the difference from themselves personally and also the, the teams that they're leading? Well, those are the people that we look up to, right? Those are the people that manage an insane amount of a workload in, in a crazy work week and yet still are phased because they, they delegate appropriately, they, they solve problems correctly, they, they hit the right notes, they're doing what they're uniquely tailored to do, they're not, they're not micromanaging. You know, these are the people that we, we celebrate. These are the people that thrive and, and we see them on the news and we see them in our organizations and elsewhere. And, and we wonder, right, what, how they're so calm, how they're so relaxed, how they're so... Well, it's just comfort. It's comfort in who they are. It's comfort in their abilities. And more importantly, it's comfort in their team's abilities, right? And in your words, man, it's comfort in the tribe. Yeah, totally, totally. So can you share a couple of case studies um, with, with the tribe about what you've noticed and, and how that leadership has come through? Sure. I think um, – the first, the first one that comes to mind is, you know, I, I said it earlier, and, and a pet peeve word of mine is, is micromanagers. But you know, when, when you meet a lot of people, they seem to wear this micromanaging phraseology is a is a coat of arms, right? You know, like 
Well, I can't help it, man, Scott. I'm just a micromanager, you know. I don't, and you know, to me, that's just saying that. So, so, one of the things that I do, and we'll talk frameworks here momentarily, but I like to give people, you know, you can either teach a man to fish or take it or give him a fish, right? So, I like to teach people how to fish so they can solve problems on their own in the future. So, when somebody tells me that they're a micromanager, I, I tend to show them the the greatness of what it feels like having a educated, empowered team that you can rely on to do those things for you that allow you to do the things that you are uniquely qualified to do. If you're a business owner, you know, sometimes it's necessary to, to, you know, sweep and mop the hallway and make coffee. And sometimes it's just a complete waste of your time and energy and powers that you're uniquely qualified for. Um, one of my biotechnology clients is um, staffed with a lot of uh, military members, officers and everybody else. So they, they tend to get the leadership thing very easily and yet they're scared to death of a lot of SOP development or standard operating procedures so when you when you actually have somebody do it and you know my, my favorite phrase with with clients is you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time so let's just sit down and, and start chewing you know got the knife and fork because we're going to be here for a while but you know when, when huge insurmountable problems if I say to a, a client you just don't know how to lead that, that's no solution in there. That's a problem, problem, predicament, right? But if I say, like, you don't know how to lead, but I'm going to teach you how to lead, and you're going to understand that there are simple things that you can do to minimize your efforts in a positive way and increase your productivity also positively, then they start to see the benefits of coming from it. So teaching a man to fish. Yeah, totally. So, so you mentioned frameworks. Um, we love a good framework. What type of frameworks do you use actually to help with that leadership capability? So, so one of the things, and if anybody looks at my website, they'll see that I say I hate checklists, right? I hate, I hate people who show up and say like, oh, well, you're a male, so I'm going to take you down this fork road. You're a female, I'm going to take you down this road, and you've got this background, so do these things and you'll be fine because checklists don't work. So um, one of the things that the TKG, the, the Kinder Group does, is we develop unique proprietary frameworks that I think help solve those holistic problems organizations have. So a couple that, um, as we're talking to real estate professionals, today a couple that, that I've formed over the, the years are one for a framework that I have called intelligent nonverbal communication you know the framework that you should realize and identify with is you when utilizing body language and that's the word y-o-u because that's yourself others and then the utilities at your disposal so when you're when you're intelligently communicating with people through your nonverbal body language and kinesthetics you have to understand that you are presenting they are receiving and that you can, so that's you and others. And then the utilities that you have at your disposal are your attire, business or professional or casual, your facial hair, your watch, your tie or lack of tie, your PowerPoint presentation, the pen that you use, everything matters when you're in these sales environments. So when you think that, what am I doing? What are others doing and how are they receiving it? And what utilities am I using appropriately? And then the second framework that I'll share today is I have another course called Create Elite, Create an Elite Organization, or my CEO course. And in Create an Elite Organization, it's a framework for my upcoming book, Boom, sorry, had to plug it. Um, the <laughs> the cool. framework is the, the see and act model, right? So if you can see where your organization is, S-E-E, -E, and then act on that vision. And the word C stands for select, educate, and empower. ACT stands for Analyze, Communicate, and Trust. So if you're selecting the right people, but it's bigger than people, if you're selecting the right things to do, if you're selecting the right locations and customers, if you're selecting holistic selection, 
um, you're, you're going to start improving. Education is often overlooked. We think that we've achieved everything by the time we graduate university. Um, and in the special operations world, we understand that education is continuous and ongoing. And that if you're not learning something new every day, you're stagnating. And stagnation in, in my community is bad. And then education and empowerment. You have to empower the people beneath you. So if you select the right people, then you educate them to, to do what your, your biddings or your organizational goals. And then you empower them to go forth and do that. It's amazing what people will do, right? And that's when we see the companies like Apple and Google and all the worldwide companies that have these amazing corporate cultures. But most importantly, that just gives you a snapshot of where you are and how to proceed. Once you analyze where you are honestly and communicate that result that you've seen and then trust in the people that you have underneath you, see and act happens, right? We do it every day. We just don't understand that we're doing it. Yeah, wow. And that just makes it really conscious and, and you can actually therefore have measurables around that to ensure that you're going through that that procedure to to provide sure, that I, I saw your I saw your Google Plus on you know the vision board and stuff right to me yes. that's that's a perfect you know personal communication tool so when I'm saying communication you know I believe in over communication so when when you're communicating between your departments or between your you know um, other department heads or other real estate agents or other people in the community or to clients or anything else. Once you're communicating, you can, you know, communicate to yourself as well. If you don't understand what your own goal is, if you're not communicating that internally, then you're not going to hit it. Right. If you don't know what you're aiming for, you'll never, you'll never hit it. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. That is incredible. Um, so any other, any other, so we've got two frameworks there that you've, you've mentioned. Are there any other um, tools that you, or models that you use that uh, results in success for your clients? Uh, sure. I've got 27 courses listed on my website, I think. So <laughs> I can start going down all day long. Um, the other one that I think is, is very important for real estate people and professionals in general is another course that I have called Body Language Increased Sales. And, and James, you've been to the course. Yep. So in, in the Bliss course or, or my Body Language you know, Basic Level course, it's, it's OCR is, is the acronym that I use, which stands for Objective, Common Ground, and Report. So if you understand, and again, communicate in terms so in any client engagement or in any professional or organizational engagement, there should be an objective, right? So, so one simple thing that we used to do is, you know, in the corporate world and in, in organizations is meeting agendas. When's the last time that people really get meeting agendas all the time, right? So if you go back to something as simple and communicate that meeting agenda, identify what the objective is through the different cycles of your sales process, then you're going to have a clearer vision of that goal that you want to hit. And then once you understand that's your objective and how to build common ground, understanding the tiers of human interaction and how to utilize, you know, James is going to laugh when I say this, but how to weaponize your body language appropriately so that you're, you know, manipulating the sales process to your complete advantage. Then you can, you end with, rapport you consistently always build rapport and that's simple things you know don't build don't burn bridges maintain rapport mirror match anchor do all the body language things that that you need to do but make sure you know in essence it, i would say for any professional we just have to understand that we interject barriers in every communication that we send whether it's email text or if it's nonverbal or if it's verbal there are barriers thrown throughout that you know sarcasm misunderstanding you know bad grammar anything anything can be a barrier and if you just focus on removing the barriers in your nonverbal life then all those human interactions just become much more routine and much easier and then again you start hitting goals so true so true that's incredible thank you um so what i'm going to do is uh any questions from the tribe 
please uh, just type away and we'll, we'll get them to, to Scott as we go. Um, so, Scott, we're coming up, coming up on uh, Tuesday, the 5th of April, for our next Goals Tribe Intensive, which we're super pumped and excited for. What can we, uh, in, in relation to what you've talked about and um, the leadership element, what else can we expect uh, to hear from you on that day? Uh, I'm going to go more into the CEO course, right? This create an elite organization. And I'm going to dovetail importantly into a new course that I have called create an elite mindset and how you can take it as a sole operator or an entrepreneur or a, a person who has a high degree of multi-operational successes under your belt. How do you can, take your mindset and improve it and truly reach that elite status. So I'm going to talk more about the special operations truths, you know, um, and I won't get into them now, but humans are more important than hardware. Quality is more important than quantity, et cetera, et cetera. And start really teaching people what, in the time that I have, what those truths are and how you can apply them blister free, plane free, you know, blood free that you never have to go to combat to learn the lessons that, that special forces have learned over the last 60 years. Yeah. Fantastic. Quick question is how, how similar is that time in the forces compared to the business world, those leadership um, abilities? How adaptable have you noticed that being implemented in the business world? It's remarkably similar. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but leaders are leaders, right? And you don't have to be a military guy to be a leader. One of my biggest um, you know, John Maxwell is, is a great leader. Dave Ramsey is a great leader, you know, and, and we celebrate some other people. Steve Jobs was not a great leader, but he was a visionary, right? So we, we mistake the term leaders, but I think that especially from the special operations and the military side, because of the, the multifaceted aspect of the operations that we conduct on a daily, on a daily basis. In fact, I often tell people, you know, if you see what an SF team does on a daily basis, you know, on a daily occurrence when, when they're downrange in, in a combat or non-combat zone, just the sheer number of things that we accomplish daily are, are mind-blowing. They're staggering. So it's just that those principles that – but that's not unique only to special forces, guys. You know, I could start going into disc personality and types of personalities and type A is type A and type B and whatever, yeah. but those leadership principles – are you they're not unique to the military but when you take that unconventional paradigm through which a special operator looks at everything in life and realize that maybe those problems that you thought were you know were insurmountable they're not and then you learn to always look at things you know develop different different courses of action and you know conduct after action reviews and do all these things that i'm going to translate military to civilian it's really not different at all. Um, and in fact, once you just do a few easy translations, people get it and they go, oh, what you mean is, I go, yeah, this is what I mean. Well, I never thought of it that way. Okay, well, let's start thinking of it that way. You know, So it's, it's no conventional paradigm that, that you can then throw into your toolbox to make you a, a better operator. And whether that term operator is a business owner or a real estate professional or a minion in the organization, whatever your role in life is, just having a different tool for your toolbox is, is valid. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. So um, really super excited. So thank you so much for uh, for your time this morning. And on that, while you're, while you're organizing it, James, you know, don't be afraid of frameworks. People think that frameworks are constraining. 
Um, and, and it's not a box that I'm trying to put her into, you know, and, and nor am I trying to say that if you just see an act, you're going to have the absolute keys to success. There's a lot of other, you know, when you're selecting, you have to, you know, select critical thinkers, you have to educate problem solving, and you have to empower leadership skills, you know, so there's a whole bunch of different, you know, terms. It's not just a cool see and act model I came up with, but they're not constraining. It's not a box that you put yourself in. They're just a, a go-to daily for you to help you in your in your daily life totally fantastic and thanks danny for uh, finishing it off with there is a difference between a leader and a visionary so uh have an awesome day be good and i'll talk to you all soon bye for now